Today we have with us a 43-year-old gentleman, gentleman, who uh, served eight years in the Marine Corps, and his name is Eugene. How you doing, Eugene? I'm doing great. Now, I hope you realize that I was bullied for like a year and a half in uh, grade school, and his name was Eugene also. Now, your last name don't begin with an L, does it? No, it does Are not. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. I don't want you coming at me. <laughs> oh, what I was memories. actually bullied also. So. Yeah, that ain't cool. Man, it's uh, scared to go to school every day, not wanting, and then when you get a day off, it's like a celebration. I don't have to exactly. defend myself. Or taking different paths to school just yeah. to dodge people. <laughs> really? Uh, okay, so your name is Eugene. That You were born with Eugene. But uh, you go by Jabril, That's which correct. is your Muslim name. Yes. Yeah, name changing is interesting. E- e- interesting, even in the Bible, names are important more than we think. It is very much. Um, uh, the Jabril thing is like a rebirth into Islam. That's why we change our names. Okay, I, I, I've been, I gone, I've gone uh, with Bob all my life. I like using Robert now. Uh, I just like the name, and it's the same principle that you just talked about. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, now, we'll talk about the Marine Corps in a little bit, but you had an interesting upbringing with a biological father as a Catholic priest, Correct. and then later a stepfather who was a Seventh-day Adventist pas- uh, pastor. What, what was it like being a pastor's kid? It was interesting growing up in the church itself you know i learned a lot and i was really involved inside the seventh-day adventist church even the catholic church um the i had a lot of questions as a kid so it was interesting because i was able to post those questions directly to my dad and they were able to answer me did you feel added pressure to be like a perfect kid and do the right thing all the time because that's what was expected of you maybe not really living with god living with god <laughs> basically as a you know your pastor dad well yeah a little bit but not really um my my dad both of them were actually very open um open-minded about everything and they understood that a child makes makes mistakes and they go through their life and as long as they keep learning they were okay with it so you apparently got big doses of religion growing up from day one now uh you just you did take it seriously, as you were talking about, because you had a lot of questions. You just didn't play it off and just half listen like most kids would? Oh, no, 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 no. Because, you know, I always looked up to both of my fathers, um, and I always wanted to know exactly what they knew. Because I would look at them as I thought, like, they knew everything in the world, you know. That's most kids look up to their parents. So right. I always hit him with questions, any, any kind of doubt I've had in my mind about God and the Bible, they actually qu- addressed it. So you absorbed all that godly knowledge. Yes, yes. At an early age. Yes. That, that's an advantage for you. Um, It is, because it, it stirred me the right directions through my life. It's just, you know, like all humans, we stray sometimes, make mistakes. As I said, uh, your biological dad was a Catholic priest before he met his future wife and then got excommunicated because of it. Man, that excommunication word, that is scary. What was that like? Um, When he left, he was actually also in the military. (laughs) He was in the Army, and he was a chaplain in the Army. Once he was excommunicated, um, he had to start all over again. Um, Did you understand that as a kid? I do. I was was like 12. I was almost a teen when that happened. So I understood what was going on. He explained it to me thoroughly. Like, 
he loved my mom and he can't help it did so. he look he wasn't looked down on and and like ostracized and given given dirty looks or he was as i can see by your expression <laughs> not in the military the military that they understood but the church but the church yes yes um a lot of his friends from the church stopped communicating communicating with him except for a few you know like um father sullivan if you ever hear this hello <laughs> <laughs> i take it i take it he met your mother uh as she was a parishioner at his parish um, or not i don't think so i don't think okay. there, um he was in the philippines for um some kind of joint thing that they were doing with the air force base that was there and that's how he met my mom now other christian religions like orthodox allows marriage which i think is a good thing yeah so do i like <laughs> that would be a good thing for him but he he still to this well before he passed away he still loved god now, as you said, um, your dad served as an army chaplain in Iraq in the Persian War, Correct. a war to liberate Kuwait from Iraq. It was, I remember it called uh, Operation Desert, Desert Storm, right? Yeah, Desert Storm, correct. And and how old were you when when your dad was there? I want to say 13. Uh, it was 1992 or how, 3. How to be difficult for you? It was weird not having him around. I actually had to stay with him. Um, because my mom at the time went to Italy to be a nurse, and I had to stay with family friends the whole time he was deployed. Um, but I wasn't able to communicate with him for like three or four months when he was gone. At a time? At a time, yeah. And how much total did he spend over there? I want to say at least six months yeah. he was there. Which probably seemed like six years. <laughs> it was forever. It was forever. To me. Now, the Persian Gulf War took place with Father Bush in office, which Correct. was a televised war. I remember at a nightclub watching it on a big screen as bombs were launching from aircraft carriers, killing many innocent civilians, by the way. It was like a video game, and it didn't seem right to me. Yeah, uh, we watched it. I was in Germany when that happened, and we watched the whole thing every day. We were watching what was going on. Those over there. bombs lobbing from the ships, Correct. one after yes. the other in the dark sky. Yes, like it was surreal to me as a kid, just watching it over and over every day. Now you told me that your dad counseled many rape victims, uh, which confused me at first. Um, who were the victims, and who was doing the raping? Um, my dad. This is what. He told me uh, the victims were Kuwaiti men, and uh, the Iraqis were coming through and raping Kuwaiti men and doing other things. Wait a minute. The Iraqis were raping That's what I was told men? by Men? Yes. Did you say men? That's what I was told by my what? dad. Yes. I thought it was women. No. It was the men. That was, he was the mostly men he was counseling because of what was happening. And why did they do that? To humiliate and yes, demoralize? That, that's from an explanation that he gave me is to do that, exactly what you said, to humiliate, demoralize, and make him le feel less than men. Jeez. It's rough. It was rough. I mean, I mean, I've heard stories about men raping women in wartime, and I wonder about that. What kind of mentality does the soldier have? I mean, do they think it's okay to rape innocent civilians because nobody would know, they can get away with it, nobody cares? Is it a fringe benefit of a hellish war? I have no idea, to be honest with you. It just, when he told me about it, I didn't quite understand it until later on in life. And I'm like, 
I always wondered why, why, why it was like that. That is like nasty. It is. It is. Oh, man. Uh, after your father passed away, your stepfather uh, came into the picture, and he was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor from Philadelphia. Another religious education from a different perspective, right? Correct. Now, Seventh-day Adventists, people claim, oh, it's a cult, it's a cult. And, they're, and it's claimed by people that know nothing about Seventh-day Adventists. It's not a cult. It is not a cult. It is a Christian religious group that believe that the Shabbat, Sabbath day, is the holy day, so we go to church on Saturday. And those people in the, that church know the Bible better than I've ever, anybody I've ever met. They are in, in general. Yes, they are very. Most of the people there that I knew is very knowledgeable in the Bible. So yeah. after weighing the pros and cons of different faiths, you presently are a Muslim believing in Islam, correct? That is correct. And that's why I now call you Jabril instead of Eugene. Yes. All right, no problem. Um, now you being a Muslim, did your stepfather have a problem with that? Actually, no. Uh, he said that the discipline that Islam brings is something that I need in life. Um, it'll keep me straight and narrow if I follow their ten their beliefs and their uh, teachings. I'm with Jabril, who served our country eight years in the Marine Corps. If you have any questions for Jabril, feel free to call at 833-707-7900. That's 833-707-7900. Seven zero seven, seventy nine hundred. Now, you said that one of the problems you see among religions and within religions is division. Correct. Can you explain that? Um, as I see it, we are all part of the Abrahamic faith. We all pray to the same Father, and I don't think there is has to be a division between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. I mean, the bickering among religions and within religions. Correct. That, that's, that does no good for anybody. No, it does not. If we actually just look at it as we are all the same, we are all part of the, the line of Abraham, and we still pray to the same Father, I think that we would be a lot more together than we are now. So you like the idea of Muslims, Jews, and Christians believing in one God, the God of Abraham from the Bible. I do. I love that. I love that belief. Um, you know... It's painful to see, like, my fellow believers have to have this division when we all can be together. And that, in my opinion, is true to an extent. But I must say, as I said uh, before, uh, there is absolute similarities amongst the religions. But when it comes to Jesus, that's where it all falls, falls apart for various reasons. I get that. Although um, you do respect Jesus. I see, uh, according to Islam, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. Uh, he is a prophet, and he does have a pivotal role for us as humans. So you're very familiar with Jesus and the New Testament of the Bible, and you do take it seriously. I do. I do. I, you don't I, toss it aside now never. that you become a Muslim. No, I do a lot of cross-referencing between. Uh, is that Quran. common for Muslims, or are you different in that respect? <laughs> I think I'm a little different. Okay. Um, a lot of people who actually go into Islam, they do still study the Bible, but they do it to refute Christianity. Right. I don't. I do it to pretty much uphold both. So you're taking the best of both worlds. Yes. Okay. And also, I got I to write this down. <laughs> Jabril, 
I'll get this. By the end of the day, I might remember it. I, I got to read it off the paper here. Jabril. Uh, I also understand, I got to throw this in, that you just recently got married to a good woman named Martha. I, Congrats I, I, on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Hi, Martha. <laughs> man, marriage is a beautiful thing. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a commitment uh, amongst three people, correct? Correct. Husband, wife. And the father. All right. Correct. We're, we're on the same page for sure on that one. <laughs> Now, you served as a Marine in two wars between the ages of 18 and 26 as a sniper. Why the Marines and why a sniper? 0317. I, I started off as 0311, which is normal infantry. Um, that's what I actually tell people I did because it's just easier to explain. Um, but I, I got into the 0317 uh, MOS because I wanted to protect my people. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like those, They are the eyes of the crew, the fire team. So I wanted to be that. When I think of snipers, I think of some guy way up high in a tree. Yes. South, and you did that? On top of buildings, trees. And sometimes hidden. in those trees, you're there for maybe a full 24 hours or no? Um, never did 24, but I did 17. That In a tree? And, and on top of a building tree, wherever wherever I can hide and get a good. What do you have point. conversations with squirrels to pass the time? <laughs> no, you actually have to keep your eyes out. Yeah, you yeah. And your spotter. It ain't a game. Keep, yes. All right. So and that's an interesting thing. That's not for everybody being a sniper. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> this yeah. is the training itself is intense. So. All right, and thank you for your service, by the way. I want to make sure I say that. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, in the Afghanistan war. Uh, you were there to supposedly fight off Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, but you were guarding opium poppy fields. What's with that? I really don't know, but that's one of the things I was asked to do while I was there. Um, later on, once I did more research, I found that you know during the opiate uh, epidemic that we have here, we were getting most of our opium to turn into medicine from Afghanistan. Right. So, and in your research, I'm sure you didn't find that the CIA was in, is involved with drug dealing all no, over the world. No, you you don't you never found that one, did you? No, I did not find that one. You're but being like, facetious, right? <laughs> because they are the CIA. Yeah, I know, I know. A lot, which a, is sickening. A lot. It, it's a sad thing to see that our government is actually involved in a lot of things that it shouldn't have. His finger. And you see it in. after the fact. Exactly. And oh man, that's interesting, man. Hey, we got a call at 833-707-7900. Who's this? Morning, it's Steve. Go ahead. Good. I just got a question about, like, more like an end time thing. Um, how does, how do you look at, like, the metric with um, the Twelvers, the Twelfth Imam, and that sort of thing with, in reckoning with what's going on in the world today? Do you see anything? Um, or, because... On our side, there, there's a lot that has us concerned. How is your viewpoint? Well, my viewpoint when it comes to prophecy, I actually take uh, a biblical point. There's a lot more prophecy in Bible than it is that I've seen in the Quran. So um, my viewpoint in that is unclear at this point because I'm quite new to Islam. So, so I'm not quite sure exactly... He's got to do further research on the topic. Correct. Any other questions? No, that, that was about it. Only because it's basically a sect, like how we have Catholics and Protestants. There's like the Alawites, there's um, the Twelvers. And I just wanted to see like where your head was at with that. 
Okay. All right. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Bye. Now, Jabril, uh, you also fought in the second Iraq war after we were lied to about having weapons of mass destruction. What was that all about? Um, it was, I was in Fallujah, so it was the most, uh, combat heavy that I've seen. And it was different for me because I started looking into Islam at that point. I wasn't really into it. I was still Christian, but right. I started like looking into it and there was a saying by my instructor, my martial arts instructor, Utada Sensei, he said, to know your enemy, you must know them as yourself. And the more I looked into my enemy, the more I, I identified with them. Okay. So that's what the, the turning point for me pretty much in my mind that these people are not my enemy. So while you were there, you were questioning the motives and the ulterior motives of government. Correct. I was. I was. I was wondering why we're there. Were what you we're doing one of? Here. Were you one of few, or did a lot of guys think the same way and and question, or don't they question? <laughs> you guys are trained no. not to question, right? We, we didn't question out loud, but we all wondered what the hell we were doing there. Like really. Now, Iraq was supposedly part of this axis of evil. I remember Saturday Night Live doing a skit on the infamous axis of evil with George Bush. It, it, the thing was hilarious and pathetic at the same time. I believe Will Farrell played uh, George when he did that. Axis of evil, did you hear about that? No, I did not. Oh, but in the Iraq States is, we did. Iraq was not the axis of evil. There was regular people doing regular things. It sounds good, though, <laughs> right? It sounds, it, it's, it's, it's a nice buzzword to get everybody excited. It Ooh, is. axis of evil. We need to kill and eliminate everybody <laughs> except ourselves. You gotta love that axis of evil, right? I mean, those buzzwords are everywhere nowadays. And it's sickening, again. Um, ever since 9-11, the government created this war on terror against an invisible enemy. They brought up the Patriot Act, and from what I see, as a result, we have less and less freedom and privacy. That's what I see happening. Um, yes, I think that was the whole purpose of the whole 9-11 thing, is to enact stronger laws against uh, U.S. citizens so they can watch and pretty much... Do whatever tab, they want. Keep tabs on whatever we're doing because they don't want us to revolt. And and they don't want us what? To revolt. Right, right. Yeah. And so. that's what they're doing. There's a camera on every street corner. I, I agree. Not it's, to mention our phone surveillance and everything else. Yes. Um, it's. What do you think it's going to end? Um, there's a Bible verse, actually, when they, they said that they will prevent us from trading. And I think that's what the whole... The whole thing, the whole purpose of this is to prevent us from trading, trading with each other. And once they control the money, they can control us. Yeah, the digital currency. Correct. The, it's end game. Yes. I remember playing pinball, game over. When it, when it becomes digital currency, it is game over. And that's in the works already. I don't know if you saw the news. Absolutely. In, the in other countries, it's happening. Correct. And um, Not to I, mention the chip. <laughs> I see it. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. It's actually happening in front of me. Now, I respect soldiers and what you did specifically, but I need to ask you, ask your opinion on false flags. For instance, the sinking of the Lusitania, uh, Lusitania before World War One, the Pearl Harbor invasion before World War Two, the Gulf of Tonkin attack before the Vietnam War that lasted forever, 
and even 9-11 right before the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. It seems to me that these events were staged to get the population to want to go to war. Now, as a soldier and a Marine of eight years, what do you think about all that? Money. I think it's all about money. Um, from my perspective as a soldier, when I was a soldier, I was all about it. It was, um, you know, kind of brainwashed in a way. You Just, yourself was all yeah, about the money. No, not the money, but, yeah, like defend the flag, go out there. Oh, it's strict patriotic yes. uh, behavior. But when I um, Is that bogus? A portion of it, if por- not half or three quarters or all of it? A portion of it, I think, is very bogus because I think it's the government pulling strings at this point. Um, they want to make money. So that's how they move things. The mu- war is big money here. So you believe that the population uh, and, and soldiers were lied to, but only discovered after the fact, after all the damage has been done. That's the classic scenario. Yep, you know, switch. 10, 20, 30 years after the fact, oh, we finally know the truth, but the damage has all been done. It's already there. We, we, did, we did our thing, and um, now we control the economies of these places. How does that make you feel that good men such as yourself became crippled and, and died over lies? Angry, but also guilty because I was a part of it. Well, even though you may have fought over lies, uh, it doesn't take away your bravery. I mean, it Thank takes you. a strong, brave man and courageous to do what you did. Thank you. <laughs> Other suspicious things that have happened over time in these wars, Saddam Hussein was supposedly captured in 2003 and executed by hanging in 2006. They found him in a spider hole, which sounds totally ridiculous to me. Uh, And then they hung the guy, which is also suspicious. You take any guy with a beard, that that guy could have been anybody. I mean, do we believe this stuff? For me, I always question, like, what took us so long? If we really put the the resources of the United States into finding someone, they would yeah, have with all our so technology, we would have found him so much quicker. Him and um, the whole Al Qaeda thing, and they're like, there's something fishy that's not, not lining up. If you're a logical person, you'll just sit there and be like, yeah, this this story's not um, feasible. And with the technology and 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 satellites, they can tell you how many times you sneezed today. <laughs> exactly. And then they have all these smart weapons and they can actually pinpoint them exactly where they want them to go. So Very precise. Yes. Osama 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 bin Laden. Yeah, bin Laden. <laughs> now, he was supposedly killed in 2011 and then thrown overboard and the seals involved in that mission were subsequent subsequently killed <clears throat> if not murdered. Um, it's a strong possibility they were murdered. It's a very strong possibility. I've heard that from military people more um, than once. The, a lot of civilians don't understand the weight and power of the U.S. government. And what they can do and get and away what with. what they can do, exactly. And, and you're on the inside. You see and, and, and experience a lot more than your average Joe on the street. Exactly. And, like, it's scary at the thought of what the U.S. government can really do to an individual if they wanted to. They don't really care if you and your family die and run you over with a tank. They don't care. No, not the government. Um, they can always uh, And that's every government. It. And that's every government yes. for the most part. They can spin it in a way that you look like the villain at this point. Yeah, they're experts at doing that. I'm here with Jabril, 43-year-old gentleman. Served eight years in the Marine Corps. 
very impressive to me. Anyone that has any questions or comments, you can call 833-707-7900. And speaking of these wars, Jabril, didn't Bush vacation with Sodom or bin Laden or both? They all know each other. If you look at Trump, he knows everyone and, you know, um, they're all interconnected with each other. So these world leaders, they, they seem like best friends manipulating the masses. Exactly. I mean, all you have to do is open your eyes and see past what the media, like the mainstream media is telling you, because there's so much more to the story. Than and, just, and, and Hussein and, and, and Bin Laden, those guys, I mean, are they really dead? I mean, or are they vacationing in Florida somewhere? I mean, it's quite possible they're still alive. I mean, I, I can't tell you if they're dead, they died there or not, but it's, there's a possibility that they are. <laughs> And, and they could get reconstructive surgery if necessary. Although, if they got a clean shave and put on some weight with different clothes, nobody would recognize them anyway. I mean, that's true. If you look at the uh, pictures of um, Osama when the one they released, you can't even recognize if it's him or not. Of course not. <laughs> the body was it could be the board guy for all we know. Exactly. He was like swollen and, and not recognizable. Hey, what's the deal with friendly fire? I don't know if you remember Pat Tillman of the Arizona Cardinals football team. Uh, he went over there to serve, and he got killed in friendly fire, and I heard a lot of bad stories about what really happened. It really does happen. The confusion, the things that went in the middle of a firefight, it, it does happen, and it's an unfortunate thing. And it sucks that knowing that maybe you were the one to... Make the mistake. Make the mistake. But at the same time, I've been told by servicemen before that friendly fire isn't always that friendly. Sometimes it's actually deliberate. <laughs> like in the case um, of Pat Tillman. G give me your opinion as a Marine. As a Marine, as a soldier, I would like to say no. Right. But I can see situations and arguments happening and friendly fire, fire becoming not so friendly. All um, right. I can see it. I, but I myself have never witnessed anything. And you never experienced anything like that? No, no. And you would never participate in something like that ever? No, not, not me. Man, um, that's crazy. I, I came to, I joined the military to protect. Okay. And I ended up protecting the people around me, so. And what's with wartime reconstruction scams? It seems like the United States or a country can come and destroy the heck out of them every square inch of their land and, and buildings, but then they come in and rebuild it and, and make tons of money Correct. from the beginning to the end. I mean, Ukraine, they're talking about all the damage that's been done and all the money it's going to take to rebuild. Sounds like a scam to me. This is the end game, the, how we are going to push our capitalist ideals towards every country that goes up against us. Um, there is a history. Yes, there's a history, a long-going history of us coming in and then putting our stores, our McDonald's, our Applebee's, or whatever you want to call it, into these countries. So there's a nefarious end game to all this that we don't know about. We think we're still being patriotic fighting. Of course. Um, as a lot of us is blinded by the media, so this is, this is what happens. We got a call at 833-707-7900. Who's this? Well, Robert and your guest, uh powerful conversation awareness this morning here Inshallah. so glad that you're doing this um uh first question for your muslim friend um did he when he was in the service come across anything archaeological over in iraq or that area uh that seemed interesting or off 
or that was being uh, people being kept away from? Um, yes, there is actually an area in our base that we were not allowed in, allowed to go to. Not quite sure who was controlling it, but yeah, there are areas in our base. And there were archaeological, whatever that word is, they, that that's what was going on, or you didn't we know? We have no idea, but like we were off limits to us. Um, there's rumors saying that's where we interrogate our uh, POWs uh, and everything else, but we we had no idea what was there. I think you're on to something. Uh, okay. The reason why I bring that up is because I've read posts after posts about portholes. Now, this may sound crazy to some listeners, but uh, we have to stretch our minds a little bit here. But I firmly believe that a lot of these wars are about destroying evidence, destroying archaeological evidence. And uh, so far, as far as I can see, humanity has not been told or taught the truth with history. I mean, when you brought up, let's say, Tillman and him being shot, uh, protecting opium fields, this, this goes all over creation. Patton uh, and MacArthur realized what a lot of these wars were about. Um, it's, I'm at the point now where I will not thank a veteran for his service because when I was a young man, 20 years old, uh, I told my grandfather, retired lieutenant colonel, I said, look, I don't, I, don't uh, I like the idea of jumping out of helicopters and training and stuff like this and being in the military, but I don't like the idea of killing people I don't know for reasons I don't understand. And, uh, at 20 years old, if I can figure that out. Uh, people that are much older can figure out the truth as to what's really going on here. And a lot of times, and, and a lot of times, it's for natural resources, oil, and economic advantage. Uh, it's brutal. Thanks for the call, Stu. Any other comments about that? Um, I I can't talk about the portals. I don't know exactly what archaeological um things, but there are a lot of really ancient things in Iraq that I saw. So, oh, interesting. He hit a little chord there. I didn't know there would be a connection that would no, that Stu's comment, but there is something there that you it, believe. It's a very old country. Yeah, you know, there had they have a long history of um, everything there. The center of the world, uh, All right. Christianity, everything is there. So. Okay, very interesting. We got another call at eight three three seven zero seven seventy nine hundred. Who's this? This is Gary. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I'd like to make a statement. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the gentleman is well aware of uh, a General uh, Smedley Butler, uh, four-star Marine Corps general that served three tours of Vietnam. He was awarded the Purple Heart twice in combat. Are you familiar with him? That doesn't ring a bell. Uh, is that Chesty? Smedley Butler, General yes, Smedley yes, Butler. Yes, 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 he does. He recalls. Yes, what, what's, recall. what's your point then, yes. sir? Yes, uh, the point is, after the war was completed, he wrote a book, and he uh, realized the corruption of the government using the military for um, follow the mo principle, and he wrote a book, and, and his statement was this, uh, war is a racket. The only thing worth fighting for and dying for is protecting yourself, your family and property, and the Constitutional Bill of Rights. I agree. And uh, it, it's, once you know how to follow the mo. Um, all wars are geared for the almighty dollar. That's what it's all about. The whole conflict in Iraq was the same way, uh, changing the leadership there so they can continue the war machine. 
uh, what's going on over Ukraine now, what we're involved with that whole scenario is all about the money. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I agree with all about the money. You. Yes, I have one question to ask you. Um, uh, the, uh, Islam, uh, they, they call their mighty one Allah. Correct. In, in Levitical Hebrew, um, I've studied the, the Torah. Uh, I, I was raised Protestant Christian. Uh, Christianity, all religions have departed from the Torah. I don't know if you're aware of that in history. It started with Mesopotamia and Babylon when the confusion of all the languages occurred. Men was mankind was turning away from the Torah. They had done that throughout history. Uh, the Torah, the, the mighty one of the Torah is Yahweh. Yahweh. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes. Yahweh. Not Yahweh, it's Yahweh. Is that correct? Yes, it's and the a, breath. And the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Correct. Absolutely, yes. And the Torah is broken down into specifically 759 laws that expand upon the Ten Commandments. And how does Islam correlate with that? Okay, thank you for the call. You want to take that? Uh, yeah, sure. I know Islam itself uh, followed the Ten Commandments, so um, it's not been done away. So I'm not quite sure about all the 700 laws he was speaking about. Um, a lot of them, I th if I can correct, correct me if I'm wrong, if I remember, uh, it's passed down by Moses. But the Ten Commandments itself was passed down by God, by Allah. To, to Moses. Yes. And you don't have specifically the Ten Commandments in your Quran, but you have something very similar. Yes, uh, but the thing is, it's still valid to this day. Um, if you take the spirit and the letter of the law, you cannot break the spirit and break the letter. Uh, the spirit is what Jesus said is the two greatest commandments, love thyself, or love God with all your heart and mind, and uh, love your neighbor like yourself. Those are the Ten Commandments in essence right there. And so. it comes down to the individual. Correct. Some will adhere, some will not. No matter who you are and what you believe in. That's correct. Like, um, But the thing is, like in Christianity, <laughs> those laws are still valid to this day. All right. Same with Islam, same with Judaism. Those laws have to be adhered to. Good to know. Uh, the Ten Commandments, yeah, they're written in stone. You don't yeah. throw them away in the garbage. That's the base of the government of God. Okay, nice. Uh, what's your opinion on the VA hospitals designed supposedly to help soldiers? Because to me, they operate sometimes like, sometimes if not all the time, like disguised drug dealers like your typical pharmacy. <laughs> I don't even go, to be honest with you. Uh, what happened there? You did go, and then uh, you yeah, just said, uh, this ain't for me. Explain that. Initially, I did go, and I tried to get um, help for my PTSD. And uh, pretty much they just gave me a bunch of drugs and tell me to go along and enjoy my life. And, um, yeah, I stopped taking the drugs and got a little bit more into meditation and yoga and actually learning to calm myself without everything like coming into my body i personally think that the governments want soldiers to die off whether by suicide or by drugs walking around like zombies so you guys don't tell the truth about war and expose the lies and what really goes on it's not glamorous it's not it's not war itself it's not something you should attain to <laughs> it's uh it's scary it's stinky it's smelly it's horrible like just horrible experience you know how ugly war is yes. and, and and governments all of them they don't want the public to know they want to oh gung-ho and patriotic i'm gonna wear a uniform and the chicks will love me no <laughs> no se happen, seriously what's that <laughs> that does happen no i know uniform. it does happen 
Um, but but what happens when your buddy next to you gets his head literally shot off, and his and his brains and blood get all over your body? Then what? From from what I understand, uh, humans are not meant to kill. We are not built to take another man's life. Um, even there are studies been shown that uh, even trained soldiers, when they shoot the rifle when they first get there, they unconsciously miss on purpose. About like 70% of the soldiers shoot higher than what they're trained to do. Tell us one thing people don't know about the Marines and, and the service that would maybe surprise us. Um, we are all interconnected. Once we see a fellow Marine, we actually look out for each other. When I was incarcerated, there was uh, certain CEOs, there were Marines that were really nice to me. So it's a bond for life. It's a bond for life. Um, okay. You, ever say, you hear the, the saying, uh, water, uh, blood is thicker than water. But if you actually look at the whole saying, the covenant of the blood is thicker than the water of the womb. So. Okay. All right. So this PD, this PTSD and anxiety and depression and being shell shocked, I guess you can call yes. it, is a very real thing. And you you uh, fought with that, uh, with dreams uh, and nightmares, but you prayed it away. Yes, pretty much. Uh, Explain that. I, when I used to wake up at night and my heart's pumping, the only thing I could do is either take the drugs given to me or pray. There's nothing else in my life that could actually have taken that fear that I was feeling at the time. And it's usually one or the other, and people either people most of the time go to drugs and alcohol way. Correct. Um, the prayer itself helped just get everything off my chest, the guilt I felt, and just everything. So and you're going the God's way, and you ain't getting off the train. Yeah, I mean, pretty okay. much. Nice. Pretty I'm with Jabril, as I said. Uh, Marine Corps, ex-Marine Corps, but you're not really ex. You're no, always a Marine Corps. No. I'm well, sorry. Marino, Marino. Yeah, exactly. Anyone that has uh, questions or comments, 833-707-7900. So we talked about wartime. All right, I think we covered enough of that yeah. stuff. We can move on. I understand you are heavily involved with martial arts. Correct. Actually, um, was actually fighting in the octagon for a time. It was uh, amateur fights, but yes, I was I was uh, competing in M MMA when I in its infancy. So you think you can take me? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I know you can. You never know. Like, you know, the whole unpredictability of a fight, it does happen. Yeah, so I may look like a weak, gray-haired <laughs> old man, but in reality, I could, be a, I could have the fire of a killer inside. That's correct. You never know until you're tested. Well, I do know, and I don't. <laughs> I, I'm nothing like that. All right, so this martial arts, it taught you to be a defensive fighter to avoid fights first and foremost foremost and then as a last resort if you have to fight then you fight um that's in essence yes um when i first started it was more of a striking arts that was in muay thai karate all that stuff but eventually it evolved into jujitsu uh gracie jujitsu bound studio if you hear this hi all right we got a call at 833-707-7900 Who's this? Go ahead, you're on the air. Good morning. Go ahead. Hey, um, what's your name again? Jibril, you said? Yes. Jibril. Jibril, okay. Um, Jibril, my name is Rudy, and I'm actually Arabic Christian, and I'm 
Uh, I did lose my sight in Lebanon, too, by tank mine explosions. Um, my question to you is, um, when did you um, become Muslim, and was it, you know, through your family? I wasn't listening from the beginning, but quick. And um, did you ever consider um, going through an actual Arabic church, and I don't mean like Protestant Arabic church, I mean like Orthodox or um, Catholic church, like, uh, you know, actual real church. Okay, um, there you go. Thanks for the call, Rudy. Um, when did you become Muslim, and did you get... You, uh, he missed the beginning of the show. Rudy, okay. he was exposed to Catholicism and actually Seventh-day Adventists. They were... Uh, they were pastors. His, his fathers were pastors. Go ahead. Um, I became a Muslim. I took my Shahada quite recently, uh, about three months ago. But uh, the study of Islam actually went, goes far back with my martial arts instructors, who was all Muslim. Well, not all, but the majority Muslim. So, What made you switch? Made me switch is a small package or uh, passage in the Quran, um, Al Baqarah 162. Um, it pretty much says that all religions, it doesn't matter Christianity, Judaism, Islam, everyone is accepted by the Father as long as you worship the Father. Okay. Now, you know, Christianity does not agree with that, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and at the same time that you believe all that from Muhammad and, and the Quran and so forth, you do, unlike maybe most Muslims, you still read the Bible and take it seriously, 99% of it. You, I think you agree with Old and New Testament, don't you? I do. I mean, uh, the beauty of the Bible is, is actually, it, if you read it in context and not take one small thing at a time, it actually supports itself all throughout the whole Bible. Um, definitely a holy book. Yes, definitely. The Torah, the, the, the Bible, the Quran, they're all holy books. They're all made to reach out to the people for Allah, God. Now, you believe in the importance of confessing and repenting before God. That's huge, confessing your sin and repenting, changing your life. I do that every day. <laughs> All right, so that's not foreign to you. No, it is not. I am a, a human. I am sinful in nature. So Now, the book of Revelation is one of your favorites. Revelation and Daniel. Why is that? The prophecies. I love the study of prophecy. You know, Seventh-day Adventists, we love our prophecies. So. And it talks about the mark of the beast and a chip and all that stuff. But the first, the Antichrist and false <clears throat> prophet, must be revealed first before this uh, mark of the beast happens Correct. you can't buy or sell and so forth you but know, I think, you I know think, all about that yes i think it's already been revealed to us to be honest with you who um according to something happened a lot of us believe that it is the catholic church the vatican yes. as the antichrist and who's yes. the false prophet the pope <laughs> oh so it's all entailed in one i'm thinking somebody like a politician or a world leader might I mean, be the false prophet the pope is a world leader all right. I didn't I never thought of it that way. The Vatican and the papacy as the antichrist and the pope as the false prophet. Yes. Wow, I never pope, thought of that. Pope, uh, what other person do you know where world leaders come to him for advice and for whatever else? All right. Now you agree with Jesus's teachings teachings as Holy. it sounds like. Yes. 
and that they're important just as Muhammad, you believe in. I believe so. He is a prophet right. and the Messiah. So you believe in the Quran and the Bible, and as I said, there's a lot of similarities that, you, that you've that you been talking about. Uh, we talked about the Ten Commandments, and you also believe that the devil is real and full of deception and lies. Yes, shaitan, Satan. He is. He is real. Um, the big, one of the biggest things that he has done is make people believe that he doesn't exist. I had that written down here. I was just about to say that. Explain that. Um, slowly through time, uh, he was able to deceive everyone that his existence is not real. Um, that he was able to hide himself with small actions here and there and still control us in a way. Without us knowing. Without us knowing. And as you, as a soldier, you must know your enemy if you're going to defeat that enemy. Exactly. Same thing with Satan and his minions. Exactly. All right. And the only way to do that is through the holy books. Now, the prayer of the Our Father, you're also good with, right? Our uh, Father who art yes, in heaven. Yes. Something very similar in the Quran? It is. Uh, to me, when I read that, it reminds me of the Fatiha, the opening. Um, it's, it tells about how holy God is, Allah, how, you know, and all, all things are due to Allah. Even Jesus Christ says, though, that's what he said. Our instruction to how to pray was to pray to the Father. Okay. So, and we all need to be kind, considerate, and loving. Do we agree with that? I agree with that. Fully. Okay. We got a call at 833-707-7900. Who's this? Hey, morning, it's Joe. What's up? Hey, hey, this might be a little unorthodox, but is it, what I was going to ask Jabril is if he can take a look at some verses in the Quran, maybe get back to us on his opinion on it. Is sure. that something okay? I mean, I could either read them, or I could send them to Robert. He he can get them to you, or how, uh, how do you want to do that? I, I will write them down. Uh, he's going to write them down. And and one thing before you begin, and this is yeah. something that I wonder also, Jabril, now that we're on this topic, you believe that Jesus is the Messiah. That's what the Quran or, says. Or, or um, let's see, the Messiah, the prophet, okay? Correct. Now, he prophesied that he was going to die and resurrect in three days. So why don't you believe that? It's not that I don't believe it. It's, it's that that I feel like there is something missing. Because when I read the Bible, just the Bible, uh, there are certain concepts and beliefs that people have. And if you tie it into something else, that concept or belief crumbles. You understand? So if I'm able to tie in something from the Bible to the Quran that somehow either supports or disproves that. Okay, I see what you're saying. See, right. um, so you're saying he was, it was, he was, was Jesus lying when he said he was going to die and resurrect? No, it could, for all we know, or, or it, it could be a misinterpretation. Yes, it could right, be a mistranslation. Okay. It could all be, right, isn't this conversation great, <laughs> knowing how others think without throwing stones? Go ahead, Joe, he's got a pen and paper. Okay, so Surah 29, verse 46, Sirach, you said. Surah. Surah. Oh, okay, he knows. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Surah 3, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. Got it. Okay, chapter 18, verse 27. Chapter 5, verse 47. And also 68. You know, chapter 5, verse 68. And chapter 10, verse 94. 
And then uh, chapter 7, verse 157. You, yeah, you can uh, look those over. And what was the last one? In. What was the last one? Chap- chapter 7, verse 157, 157. Okay, I like okay, that idea. You. He can look that, he can check that out, and you can call the show anytime now. You, you don't be a stranger. <laughs> or, well you know, we'll yeah, see. Even if, even if Pat, your friend Patrick, that was on before, if he could maybe comment on those too. Okay, uh, well, he'll be in next week, okay? So we shall see what transpires. Thanks for the call, Joe. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Uh, Jabril, one last thing. Uh, tell us about your daughter and the trials. I mean, there's like two or three minutes left. Uh, tell us what happened there. Um, she was born premature, uh, 13.6 ounces, 11 uh, every day, every day that she's alive, I, I thank Allah because for the first three months, we did not know she was going to survive or <sighs> it was the most stressful and painful time of my life when, especially when I held her after the doctor told us that she was going to pass away and brutal. Yeah, <laughs> it still kind of brings tears to my eyes thinking about it. So you relied on God, Allah. Uh, for your strength? I mean, you had to use it as a crutch? I relied on a lot of things, and I realized that I should have al- okay. relied more All right. on Allah. So you went south a little bit yeah. in dealing with this. Yeah, that's what... what I mean, it is the most brutal thing. That's brutal. I mean, death and something like that. So what, what happened with your daughter now? And- no, she's completely healthy. Um, unfortunately, she's in foster care because I was incarcerated, but um, she's completely healthy. And uh, the only thing, she's not on a respirator anymore. The only thing she has is a G-tube for her stomach. And she's so adorable. <laughs> What's her name? Liliana. Nice name. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was a, a parent with the little kids, when they got a splinter, <laughs> I would panic. <laughs> it's, I can't imagine the, the, the prolonged suffering and pain and uncertainty. Yeah. Um, there was actually the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia had counselors for us because they know that a lot of things, when it comes to the NICU, uh, parents go through PTSD all over again. Like, you know, they have that same effect on them. Okay. So Muslims love their spouses and children. Very much. Right? I mean, very much. I hate how groups of people are portrayed like they're animals and subhuman, and it's just not true. Yes. Um, if you look actually at the marriage contract for a Muslim, it's very pro-female. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jabril, thank you for being here. I love your honesty. And all, all the right. best to you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. All right, you take care. You too. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. Listen on your free iHeartRadio app for all your music, radio, and podcasts.